the Lord, everybody, and welcome to the telecast this week. I am so thrilled and delighted that you have chosen to spend this half an hour with us as we look into the Word of Almighty God. You know, there's nothing more powerful, uh, there's nothing more important you can do for your life than to spend time studying what God's Word says. You know, God gave us this Bible. This is the Word of the Lord for our benefit so that we could know Him, so that we could fellowship with Him, and so that we could walk with Him on an everyday basis. Now this week I want us to look <clears throat> briefly in John chapter 11. And uh, it's the story of the death of Lazarus. You know, Jesus loved Lazarus. In chapter 11, verse 11, it says that Jesus Himself said, Our friend Lazarus sleeps but I go that I may wake him up. The word friend there denotes in the original language a strong emotional bond, a connection. I mean, these guys clicked, if you will. They were friends. And Lazarus, of course, you know the story, he dies. And he dies before his time. Every indication from the grammar in the Greek is that he died before it was time for him to die. And everyone was surprised. They were, they were in shock. They couldn't believe it that Lazarus is dead. And messengers were sent by the family to Jesus and his disciples. They were out on tour ministering to the masses. And messengers come and tell Jesus. And it's somewhat interesting to me that Jesus did not go to Lazarus right away. Now, you can read it all for yourself there, uh, here in John chapter 11. I'm just leading up to the point of today's message by telling you that Jesus delayed two days before he even started out to go to Lazarus' house, who was his friend. Now, please keep that in mind. A lot of times we think that God will respond uh, immediately and instantly to our need because He loves us. That makes sense to the natural man, doesn't it? But sometimes in the spiritual realm, things operate a little bit differently than what we would think. You know, in the book of Isaiah, God said, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And many times as you and I travel through this life, this Christian journey that we're on, we don't understand what God is up to. But I want, I want to read to you what happens here as we start in verse 17. Now bear in mind that Jesus waited two days before he even started his journey to go to the place where his friend Lazarus had died and lay dead in the tomb. And we're going to read here in a moment that by the time Jesus finally gets there, he'd been in the tomb about four days. Here's Jesus, the mighty miracle worker. Jesus, who the entire family, Lazarus, Mary, Martha, they loved him. And they had seen him do miraculous things. And they just knew, if we send for Jesus, he will come and he will heal Lazarus. But Jesus did not do it. He waited two days after receiving the message. And, and that underscores for us the fact that he taught consistently throughout his 
life, Jesus did, that his marching orders, his directives, his purpose came directly from the Heavenly Father, and it did not come from the personal needs of people. It did not come from any other source but directly from the Father God. Sometimes you and I think, well, Jesus should come. Jesus should rescue me from this. Oh, Jesus, won't you help me? I'm in a point right now where I really need you. Lord, where are you? And God is up to something behind the scenes in the spiritual realm that we do not know. So take heart and cheer up today because help is on the way. And with Jesus Christ, it's never too late. We're going to read all about it right here. In John chapter 11, now let's start in verse 17. And I want you to take the time this remainder of this week to go through and just read that 11th chapter of John. And you'll be greatly blessed for doing so. It says, So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been, Lazarus, had been in the tomb for four days. And Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. This is adding to the, 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 the feelings that the people might have of, Lord, it was only two miles away. Couldn't you have come sooner? How many of us? Lord, I've served you. All my life I've served you. Lord, I, I've been faithful to church. I've been faithful to support the preachers. I've been faithful to pay my tithes and give my offerings. I've been faithful to share my faith and tell people the truth about your great love. for Lord, I've been faithful to the best of my ability. I know I'm not perfect, but God, why haven't you come to help me? Whatever your situation might be. And many of the Jews, verse 19, had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now this was the right thing to do. And it's the right thing for Christians today to comfort one another when they're going through a trial. You know, one of the worst things that you and I can do for people sometimes, you know, everybody's got an opinion. There are more opinion than there are noses on people's face. And sometimes when somebody's going through a trial or going through something that's hard for them to deal with, Sometimes the best thing we can do is just be there, just listen, just comfort them, just offer them hope from the Scripture. Recently I preached a message entitled, Taking the Risk in Conversation. And that, that talked about in that message how that sometimes people will want to get on a negative note and stay there. But you and I are called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Man, we're here to preserve this thing. So we do that with the word of truth. But there's a time to hold your peace and just put your arm around someone and comfort them in their trouble. And for those of you that cannot seem to do that, well, there's tribulation just ahead for you. I didn't say the great tribulation, but I mean there's some trouble just ahead for you and God will show you how to do that. You see, because this is body ministry, and it's greatly needed in this hour in which we live. We don't always have to be there to preach a sermon. And we don't always have to be there to offer our opinion and our thoughts on the situation. Uh, in fact, Abinus, God wants you to get your marching orders, just like Jesus did here, from the Holy Spirit in heaven that indwells the believer. He wants you to get your orders from Him. And he'll tell you when to speak, what to speak, how to speak, and who to speak it to. Glory be to God. 
How many of you know that if you're led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a genius. And if you'll listen to Him, He'll make you look good. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So it says, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met Him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now can you picture in your mind, can you sense the human emotion that would be involved in this statement? Lord, where were you? Lord, Lord we love you so much and, and we needed you so greatly at this time. Where were you? But she didn't stop there. In the natural, she might have had a feeling, a temptation to have a complaint against the Lord. But she did not allow that to fester. And it's this next sentence that I want us to focus on here today. It's this next sentence that I want us to look at. And I want, us, I want the Holy Spirit right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, to drive this thought to our hearts like an arrow of our deliverance. She said, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, in the day and age in which we live especially, times are hard. And, and fixing to get harder, I believe. And life can be rough. And living as a Christian in the midst of a chaotic society that really does not care two bent pins for anything of the Lord. And, and yet we rub shoulders with them every day. Some of them, some of them hold the notes on our, on our homes and on our cars, our automobiles. Some of them who, who don't love Jesus, who don't know Jesus, uh, and who are opposed to Jesus. Some of them are our employers. Some of them are even our friends. And, and so constantly we're, we're sensing and we're perceiving all of these thoughts and feelings that are not of God. And we go through life and we have so many tendencies to rail in accusatory tones against the Lord. When something goes the way that we don't want it to go or some tragedy happens in our lives, whether it's the loss of a loved one, the loss of a business, the loss of your home, that you had such high hopes for you and your family. Some, it, it might be a setback in your career. Others, it could be a financial reverse that sends you to the bankruptcy courts of America. Whatever the case might be. Some have lost their spouse through divorce. Some have lost their children. Some have lost their best friends. Maybe it's been because of a choice you made for Jesus. Maybe it was not. Maybe it was some other thing. But the voices of the enemy are everywhere to try to get us to accuse the Lord. Don't fall prey to that. What we need today is an even now faith. Even now that I'm in the pit. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Even now that I'm in despair. Even now that the money's gone. Even now... That my health has deteriorated. Even now, even now, I'm going to go to Jesus. Because He's got my answer, hallelujah. And when He intercedes for me, how many knows that Jesus ever lives 
the Bible says, to make intercession for the saints. When he goes to the Father for me, we don't get it. Glory be to God. And, and the thing of that is, we're going to get what God wants us to have for his plan, his purposes, and his glory. And it's my responsibility, it's your responsibility as we follow the Lord to have joy in the journey. And so the Lord began dealing with, with Angie and I a, a little over two years ago about not getting our joy from the things of this life and from the things of this world. And there, there go my glasses. Not, not getting my joy from, from what I can accumulate. Not getting my joy. And, and the second part of this is not getting my marching orders based on my need. Now that's a rough one. Because if we look solely at the need, <clears throat> we might miss the purpose in the trial. And God has a purpose. He doesn't just decide one day, well, I'm going to let some bad stuff happen to you. I'm going to really bless you over here really good. I'm going to let bad stuff happen to this person over here. No, God has a purpose in the pain. There's a, there's a purpose in the struggle. There's a purpose in the trial. And that purpose, as we shall soon see, is to bring glory to Him. How does He get the glory out of our trial? Whatever that trial might be. It might be sickness or financial reverses. It might be a family problem, a marriage problem, whatever the case might be. But even now, we can know that God is working. How does He get glory out of that? By crushing us? Absolutely not. He gets glory out of that by bringing us through the fire and we not even having the smell of smoke on our clothing. Glory to God. That's how He gets glory. He, when we trust Him, when we have us some even now faith, it looks bad, it looks hopeless, but I ain't giving up. I've got a Redeemer. Glory be to God. I'm going to go to Jesus, and He is going to bring me through this situation. And He is going to give me victory. Victory, sweet victory. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go on and read a little more. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. <clears throat> and here's Martha standing there taking all this in. She's, she's hearing all these negative voices of the evil one, but yet she's got faith deep in her heart. She's got the heart faith. How many knows that real Bible faith is of the heart? So she's, she's taking all this in and she says, Lord, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. You see, but Jesus wasn't talking about that. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Did you hear that, Christian? We're not, we're not using this figuratively now. We're talking in the realities of death. Are you a Christian? Are you born again? Are you washed in the blood of Jesus? Then you will never die. When your body lays down and gives out and you die, you aren't dead. I'm going to say that again. 
If you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus and Jesus has saved you by His precious shed blood and you've put your faith in His sacrifice, you will never die. Your body will die, but the real you, the inner you, will go to be with the Lord and live forever and forever and forever. And I've often said in 33 and a half years of ministry, you can't scare a Christian with heaven. I mean, so if you really take a look at your circumstances, and, and it takes the Holy Spirit to do this. Brother Paxton can't just sit down and do this in the natural. But by the Holy Spirit, if you'll just really take a look at your circumstances, ask yourself one question, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could ever happen? I'll be marching on the streets of glory. And that ain't bad. Glory be to God. So Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked her a question that each of us has to answer. Do you believe this? Do you believe it's not over just because the devil said it's over? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I don't know what it looks like today for you. I don't know what your situation is. Some of you are going through horrible things. I know that. And my heart aches and bleeds for the, for the situation of human hurt and misery. But Jesus is the resurrection of your life. It's also not just, you can apply this, not just the physical death. But you can apply it to your ministry, preacher. Sometimes you get to that place in ministry where it looks like it's all over and the best days have passed you by. But Jesus is the resurrection for that ministry. Sometimes you get down to the bank and you go to make a withdrawal and you find out your bank account reached triple zero. But Jesus can resurrect that bank account. Sometimes you go home, <clears throat> lady, and you open that cupboard to make dinner for those kiddos, and you see that there's just not hardly anything on those shelves. But Jesus can be a resurrection on those shelves. What we need is an even now faith. When we're going through the darkness of a trial, the depths of a depraved circumstance that the enemy has thrown in our way, because God sends good things to His children, but He takes advantage of the test that we find ourselves in. See, God tests, but He never tempts. He never tempts us to sin, but He will allow us to be tested so that we can get to the place where we will say, even now, I believe in the Lord. Even now, I believe Jesus can get me through this and resurrect this situation. Jesus wants to resurrect marriages today. Some of you are at your wit's end with your spouse. And, and the sad thing about it is in these days, people who have been together 20, 30, 40 years are getting to that place. See, it's a lie of the enemy. You've been through so much together. You've shared so much love together. <clears throat> we need to put those thoughts of divorce and separation out of the picture and let Jesus resurrect that marriage. The enemy's working overtime to drive wedges between parents and children. 
Jesus can resurrect those relationships. He can resurrect that dead career. That career that's left you stranded and bitter and hurt over the way maybe that you were treated or whatever the case might be, the, the way you were gypped out of that pension. Whatever the case might be, even now, even now, Jesus can come on the scene. He may not come. Let me, let me say it the way I heard an old preacher mentor of mine say it one time. He knows where you are. He knows your deadline. He knows your phone number. He knows that deadline. He may not come when you want Him, but He'll always come on time. Even now, faith will penetrate into your hearts right now if you'll receive it. If you'll believe Him for it. If you'll reach out and just say, Lord, I believe. I believe the Word of God is still true. I believe what you said. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I've been listening to this preacher and he's been telling us these things. And I just choose to believe it. I just choose to act on it. Faith always has corresponding actions. I choose to act on it. I'm going to square my shoulders and put that smile on my face. I'm going to sing unto the Lord. I'm going to praise His holy name. I'm going to go back to church this Sunday and worship Almighty God once again. And I'm going to quit running. And I'm going to quit hiding. And I'm going to quit... I'm going to quit Hiding behind my tests and my trials and my pain and my hurt. Even now, Jesus will be my resurrection. Praise be to God. Let's read that one more time. And, and we're not going to get into it here today. We don't have time for one thing, you know, to where he raised Lazarus from the dead. But that's what happened. That's what happened. He'd been in the grave for four days. Jesus delayed His coming. The family experiencing all these questions, all these thoughts, all these doubts. You know they did. You would. I would. But even now, somewhere down in the depths of your gut, if you'll pardon the expression, there is a faith that the devil cannot quench. If you'll reach down, bring it up, and just say, Lord, I believe you. Lord, I trust you. Jesus will raise that marriage from the dead. He will raise that career from the dead. He will raise that bank account from the dead. He'll raise those groceries from the dead. He'll put that family back in a place of togetherness and unity and harmony and love. That's his desire today. Jesus said again, verse 25, I am the resurrection. And he said, I am the life. You remember in John 10, 10? Let's just read it real quick. John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And Jesus also said, A man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. So we can have a shift from the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, the way we look at life, the way we look at circumstances, and experience great joy in Jesus. So, neighbor friend of mine today, it's been a short little message. But no matter where you're at, no matter what's going on in your life, even now, if you'll go to Jesus, 
He will bless you. He will strengthen you. He will give you what you need to sustain your heart in the midst of the darkest trial you could possibly imagine. He will love you. And He will give you a joy that's not connected to the car that you drive or the house that you live in or the people that you have to be around. He will give you a joy that's connected totally to Himself. And if you'll trust Him, He will bring you through this trial. And He will bless your life greatly. In Jesus' name. This is Brother Paxton. Thanks for tuning in this week. We look forward to being with you again next week. And until then, go with God, and He will go with you. Bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Paxton again, coming to you from the original Paxton House near Lexington, Virginia. And I've been talking to you a little bit about no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Let's read that verse one more time. Isaiah 54, 17. This is the word for 2014. The word for you, the word for me, the word for the body of Christ, the word for everybody who has a vision in their heart that's been placed there by God is to go forward into that vision, not giving uh, attention to what's going on on the periphery around us because no weapon that's formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that will rise against us in judgment we shall condemn. Now that's what the scripture says because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of the Lord, saith the Lord. Hey, hallelujah, that's a pretty good verse right there. So we found out earlier that even though there will be those who will always have something to say about the way you present yourself, uh, some of you, the way you advertise, the way you uh, do this or do that or the other, the way you say a thing, the way you like to phrase your sentences, it'll always uh, cause uh, uh, forces of the enemy to come up, to come out, to express themselves. And the enemy does that to get you discouraged and to get you off your purpose and to get you off your vision. But we'll have none of it, hallelujah, because we have the word of the Lord that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We also said that weapons are not just coming from other people, well-meaning believers or unbelievers or uh, haters or whatever, but weapons can also take the form of depression, thoughts, uh, financial reverses, lack, poverty, uh, sickness in your physical body. Uh, weapons can take so many uh, various forms but every one of them is defeated by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And now, in Galatians chapter 6, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We'll go to Galatians 6 a little later. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13. Here's what the word of the Lord says. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Nowhere in the Scripture does the Bible tell us to tire ourselves out finding reasons to complain about others? Even if you're doing it in subtle ways. But the Bible does say, be not weary in well-doing. So today, I leave you with this thought. As we charge the year 2014 with a deep understanding of our victory in Jesus Christ, knowing and understanding and believing and receiving that no weapon formed against us will prosper, I'm going to challenge you, my dear friend. Why not wear yourself out 
trying to uplift and encourage others. Why not get tired this year? Get tired of all that the enemy is doing. Get tired of all of the weaponry that Satan is trying to hone against you. And wear yourself out. Tire yourself out. Running to those people who are under attack and lifting them up and blessing them in the name of Jesus. What a great way to spend 2014. You will advance. Your neighbor will advance. The body of Christ will advance. And we will all see kingdom purposes accomplished in each of us. Go with God. He will go with you.